Part 1 Outside Chapter 1 If you asked me how it began, I could truthfully say that the first time it was an accident. It was about six in the evening, the time when the city churns again on its axis, and though the streets above were full of the sharp wind of another piss-miserable May, the station was stuffy and humid, squalid with discarded tabloids and fast food wrappings, irritable tourists in garish leisure wear crammed amidst the resigned, sallow-faced commuters. I was waiting on the platform for the Piccadilly line tube at Green Park after another fabulous start to another fabulous week of being bullied and patronised at my super-fabulous job. As the train on the opposite side pulled away, a low collective groan rippled through the crowd. The board showed that the next tube was stuck at Hoban. Someone on the tracks, probably. Typical you could see people thinking. Why did they always have to top themselves at rush hour? The passengers across the line were moving off, amongst them a girl in crippling heels and an electric blue bandage dress. Last season's Aliyah via Zara, I thought. Probably on her way to Leicester Square with the other rube losers. She had extraordinary hair a great cascading plum-coloured mane of extensions with some sort of gold thread bound through them that caught and held the neon light. Judy? Judy, is that you? She started waving at me enthusiastically. I pretended not to hear. Judy, over here? People were beginning to look. The girl had hobbled precariously close to the yellow safety stripe. It's me, Leanne. Your friend's waving to you, said the woman next to me, helpfully. I'll see you upstairs in a min. I didn't hear voices like hers very often anymore. I'd never expected to hear hers again. She obviously wasn't going to disappear, and the train showed no sign of appearing. So I settled my heavy leather briefcase across my shoulder and pushed my way back through the crowd. She was waiting on the gangway between the platforms. Hiya, I thought it was you. Hi, Leanne, I tried gingerly. She tripped the last few steps towards me and threw her arms around me like I was her long-lost sister. Look at you, dead professional. I didn't know you lived in London. I didn't point out that this was probably because I hadn't spoken to her in a decade. Facebook friends weren't really my style, and nor did I need to be reminded ever, of where I had come from. Then I felt like a bitch. You look great, Leanne. I love your hair. I don't go by Leanne anymore, actually. It's Mercedes now. Mercedes? That's nice. I use Judith mostly. Sounds more grown up. Yeah, well, look at us, eh? All grown up. I don't think I knew then what that felt like. I wondered if she did either. Listen, I've got an hour before work. Work. Do you fancy a quick drink? Catch up? I could have said I was busy, that I was in a rush, taken her number like I was actually going to call it. But where did I have to get to? And there was something in that voice, 
strangely welcome in its familiarity that made me feel lonely and reassured at the same time. I had just two twenty-pound notes in the world, and there were three days before payday. Still, something might turn up. Sure, I said. Let me buy you a drink. Let's go to the Ritz. Two champagne cocktails in the Rivoli Bar, thirty-eight pounds. I had twelve on my oyster card and two in hand. I just wouldn't have much to eat until the end of the week. It was stupid, maybe, to show off like that, but sometimes you need to show the world a bit of defiance. Leanne, Mercedes, fished enthusiastically with a fuchsia shellac nail extension for the bobbing maraschino and took a cheerful slurp. That's dead nice, thanks, though I prefer Rhoda now myself.